Are you ready? Oh, yeah! We're back, baby! It's another episode of Barbells and Tall Tales! Are you ready? Woo! My man, we're here with my tag team partner as always. The Marty Janetti to my Sean Michaels. I don't know why you keep calling the me that. Greg <laughs> Valentine to my Rick Blair. My, mm, uh, I see. was thinking more of your uh, Sean Michaels to your Marty Janetti. And, you know, you're being Marty Janetti. No, I, my eyes are straight. No. Yeah, I don't have draw size, bro. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's another edition of Barbells and Tall Tales coming at you live on a Sunday afternoon. We got a rainy Sunday afternoon. Yeah, man, I'm about tired of the rain. I mean, it's it's messed up my golf game. But I guess we do need a little bit of rain. But man, it costs me every day because now I've got to get my yard mowed more often. And I mean, that's fifty dollars every time he mows. And so, bro, yeah, you know, I'm poor. Why don't, don't you have, just why don't you just have me come over, man? I I will only charge you forty nine dollars. I don't have Dean Sweat money. Yeah, I just I just bring the old Gravely over there and take care of it. Well, just It'll be bring, done in about fifteen minutes. I say just bring the pontoon, let it sit, and let the die grass die underneath it. The poor pontoon is no longer mine. Oh, did yep. it get sold? It got sold this week. Ooh, yeah. Uh, who so bought I got, it? I got uh, Crystal's dad. Oh, so, so basically you still got it. Yeah, basically if I want to use it, it, it actually works out good for me. Right, ain't nothing I, wrong with that, but, man. That's uh, I, you know, I, got a, I got a fat check for it, so I'm good. You got, I got to love yeah. that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week, man, we're coming at you hard. We're going to talk wrestling this week. Because oh, yeah, baby. Me and Dean and Jonathan and a guy named Brian Ass and Charles Moses, at the end of this month, uh, I was telling a guy here earlier, I am going to watch Ric Flair die. <laughs> yeah, it quite possibly. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, seventy-three years old, getting into the ring for his very last time, and at seventy-three years old, Dean, I really expect him to break a hip. That's what I was thinking. If, if he doesn't die, something is going to get broken. It, oh, it's going to be seriously yeah, injured. Yeah, seriously. And so, as we look at Ric Flair, Ric Flair was known for creating, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling faction. If you don't know what faction is, let's just say team. A stable. A stable yeah. of all time in the four horsemen back in the NWA, WCW days. Uh, and so we're going to talk about some of the greatest wrestling factions of all time. We were going to have a special guest, but they had to bow out. Uh, so hopefully we'll have a, a special guest next week. But we know you guys love wrestling as much as we do. It's the last real sport in America. They never go on strike. Exactly. Right. If they go, if they do go on strike, we'll just get more wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, they don't they don't deal with the prima donnas that you see in baseball and football and basketball. We're talking about real men right here. Yeah. We are talking about when men were men and women chewed snuff. Exactly. And the reason we brought this up is that exactly twenty six years ago this week. The NWO was formed, which changed the whole game of professional oh, wrestling. The Monday Night Wars was on a roll after that. Oh, Monday Night Wars was the greatest wrestling time ever. I actually feel bad ever. for people that didn't get to grow up. Wrestling fans today that did not get to grow up in that area because oh, yeah. that was the pinnacle of wrestling. Right. I mean, that's what got you Stone Cold. That's what got you The Rock. Yes. Got you Mankind. Absolutely. I mean, they built stars during that era. I mean, the NWO, you had Hogan. When he turned bad, I can remember kids crying. Kids crying. Trash being thrown in the ring. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So you brought in the outsiders. You brought Hall. You brought Nash. You brought in Hogan. They brought in X Pac. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, eventually Macho Man turned. And then yeah. it went to NWO, NWO Wolfpack. Yeah, and everybody was NWO. It yeah, I mean, wound up being like 80 people jumping out of the limo right. at and the so beginning of the show. As great as it was, Bischoff did do a terrible job of trying to extend it mm-hmm. longer than what it should have. But the NWO basically still lives today in another faction, which is the Bullet Club. Yeah. That's where the Bullet Club came with the two suite, yep. the little Wolfpack sign. And so. Paying that, paying homage to the uh, NWO right. exactly, and so they you know they still use the two sweet yes. and all that, and so I mean you like you said you look at the NWO and it basically how, how many twenty six you say twenty six years ago this still week still yeah. lives today yeah I still, still see the prevalent. shirts when we go to the when we go to right. the re- uh, wrestling shows you still see you don't just see one you you, oh, still you see, see multiple you still see hundreds of them out right. there the shirts and so and you still see horseman shirts. So mm-hmm. to me, as we look at these things, to me, they they have got to be. Now I've got a secret faction that you know nothing about. Oh no, that really? may trump the Horsemen and the NWO. Oh my goodness! I mean, this faction. Are you, wait, are you in it? No. Oh, okay. This faction is so legit. Okay. I'm talking, man, and I'm gonna wait to the end of the episode to announce this faction. So this is a real faction. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay. It's one that we have never thought about. It's one that we have overlooked. And it is one right now, to me, that is turning the wrestling world on its head. Oh, okay. I, know, I think I know where we're going here. Okay. okay. And so, okay. all right. So, when we look at factions, we got factions today. We got the Chris Jericho Society Appreciation Society. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan either. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, play off of the – WWE entertainment, not being wrestling, but entertainment. Because yeah. uh, even Chris Jericho says, "Sports, we're, yeah, we're we're sports entertainers." He's a wizard. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, you know, the other night when they come out looking like the Backstreet Boys, oh, I that wasn't was terrible. I wasn't a big fan. No. Um, but I, it took a little bit away from the match for me. Uh, yeah. that was a steel cage match. But yeah, when they were all come out, it's a comedy red, routine. Yeah, they either look like they either look like Chippendale dancers when they came out, or Maybe a uh, Backstreet Boys reunion, right? And see what I think. Which I'm going to give. I'm going to give Jericho some respect right here, right? What I think happened is Jericho is is created this appreciation society because he's trying to market these guys. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to get uh, what are they? Two point He's definitely trying to put some and, shine on. Yeah, him, yeah, Daniel Garcia. Yeah, I think there's a where I think he realizes his star power can get these guys over. The same way he did with, uh, oh, what was his group before that? Uh, uh, the Inner Circle. The Inner Circle, yes. right? You made Sammy Guevara a star. A star, yeah. I mean, you a made star. him a star. They paid of off. Of course, Santana and Ortiz have always been a great tag team yes. in, the, in the Luchador and in the, in the AAA set. Jake Hager's always been the muscle man. Yeah. Uh, and so – He's always been your enforcer. Right. And so he, he turned uh, Guevara into a star. You go back before that, you know, when he brought MJF in. Mm-hmm. That was MJF's opening to stardom. Yes, it right? was. And it then, was. And then MJF started off the pinnacle. Yep. Which it was him. It was FTR. To me, the greatest tag team in professional wrestling. Yeah, today. them against the Young Bucks. You you can't you can't ask for a better well, a, it, a better they, match. They they are great. Uh, I love when they fought. So Santana and Ortiz. Those are always good matches. But even in that, 
in that faction of the pinnacle, we got Wardlow, mm-hmm. who now is the TNT champion. Yep. So those two factions come along, which has been great. What what's a faction well, for let's, you? Let's go back Uh-oh. to to what you said there. So you broke down you basically broke down the uh Chris Jericho's alliance now. Right. If you look at all of these alliances, they're they're really based off of what the horsemen had going on back oh, in the absolutely. day. Oh, absolutely. So you you've got your you've got your enforcer, mm-hmm. you know. You've got your you got your star, right. which would have been Flair. Yep. When this one would be Jericho. Right. Then you got your two guys on the side who are either they're either holding a belt or they're just they're just the pinnacle of wrestling ability. Right. right. You exactly. Know? So you you had Tully, you had Arn. You, you had you had Arn and Ole, right? And then you had Flair. Yeah. So everybody sort of bases their faction off of those those that, type that of skill premise, sets. Right. Yeah, that premise. Yeah. And so when you, let's let's go to the original Horsemen because there was quite a few versions of the Four Horsemen. To me, the greatest group of Horsemen was Flair, Tully, Arn. Barry Windham. Yeah, Barry Windham. I, I was going to say that too, but um, you know, with Ole being the star, Ole was the, a little bit older than right. them guys, and so they kicked him out. Yeah, so they kicked him out. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Barry Windham was an absolute yeah. stud. And you, and like you said, and and what's to me, what sets the Horsemen apart from all the other factions? Were they all great on the microphone? Oh yeah, they no, nobody was weak. It. Yeah, J.J. Dillon, great. Tully Blanchard, great. Arn Anderson which by accident gave them the nickname the Four Horsemen yep. in his promo yep. talking about you know the the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. apocalypse. And, and didn't it, he come up with Diamonds Are Forever? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. And so are so, the Horsemen. And yeah. to me, he he has one of the greatest lines that, that me and Charles often quote, I'd slap my mom in the mouth for 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> to me, <laughs> one of the greatest lines. Man, I'd slap my mom in the mouth for 50 cents. Well, I'll, I'll also tell you, um, during the um, Ruthless Aggression era, I right. think we had probably, they weren't as great as the Horsemen, to, but to me, they're my number two faction, and that would be Evolution. No! Yes. No. Yes. And let me explain why. Let oh, me explain no. why. Yes, evolution was great, and here's why. You've got the past, you've got the present, and you've got the future right. all right there. You, I know where you're going. Okay, with you've it, got right. Ric Flair yeah. as the he's sort of playing the the tag team. They, they him and Batista held the belts, right. tag team belts. But he's sort of playing the manager for Nate right. or for uh, Triple H. He was like the JJ, and Dillon. he's sort of the co- comedic role because yeah. he's starting to get a little comedic there. You know. Right. Um, then you got the, the the present at the time. Okay. The the man the man that runs the place. You got Triple H. Right. And then you've got two studs that nobody knows about, and because they took him under their wing, you've got Batista and Orton who who went on to become multiple world champions. I, I here here's why I can't go with that. Okay. Let's right? hear. It. And, and they all became stars, right? Yeah. Other than Flair, Flair was already a star. Here's why I can't go with it. If you look, even when the NWO went to WWE, they kill factions way too fast. Mm-hmm. And other than right now, the Usos and the Tribe, whatever yeah. they call themselves, uh, there hasn't WWE will not keep a dominant faction, and that's why I can't bring them up because they only lasted what a year. I think they had a two-year run. All right. I think they had a and two-year so, run. And so, and it just to me, that's what kills them for me mm-hmm. because. It's nothing against those guys because they were all incredible stars. They were all, other than Batista, gifted on the microphone. 
But the build between Batista and Triple H was, it was good. probably one of the best in it the 2000s. Probably one of and the best. So, but I, I can't give that just because, I mean, WWE, it's just, ah. Oh, it, like, to me, if they would learn something from AEW right now, and if you could put a dominant faction, which they, they've done with the Usos, so I'm going to say they have learned. Yeah. Where, like, when the Horsemen, they had every belt, like you said earlier. Yeah. They held the world title, the TV title, the tag team titles. I mean, they had all the gold. And when I think of dominant factions, that's what you got. And it's for a long duration of time. And so I look at it like that. Another faction that, you know, we have today, like we said, we've got the Bullet Club. we got the Usos. Uh, we got the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, we got the, uh, the Pinnacle no longer exists. Yeah, Pinnacle's done. I don't know what they're calling uh, – uh, oh shoot, his name went right out of my head. Uh, Eddie Kingston's group, and then you got the the combat. Club. I would call them the uh, out of shape uh, nobodies. Oh, That's what I would call. But them. you got you got the combat club, right? Yes. So so there's another faction that they're trying to push, and so factions are always going to be a part of. Yeah, AEW loves some factions. They do. They yeah. even got a women's faction. Yep. Right. Yep. And so they do love it. So those are some more. What else you got for a faction? I, when when I look at factions, you know, we talked about NWO. They changed the game. Right. They, you know, when when Flair, when uh Hogan came out there and told the kids to basically Ooh. stick their their vitamins and their prayers up their so rear good. ends. So good. Um, that changed the whole game. Right. Uh, but then on the flip side, that right there saved Hogan's career. It did. It did because saved he was it. he was starting to get booed. Right. When he would come he, out, and he, he was, was the baby. Like, yeah, he, he was, was like baby Cody face. Rhodes in AEW. Mm-hmm. You know, Cody switched to WWE, saved his career. Yeah. Here's Hogan. Everybody's tired of the say your prayers, take your vitamins, all that stuff. Yeah. Him turning bad saved his career. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you know, WCW starts winning the war here, the Monday Night War. Oh, absolutely. Well, WWE says, well, we got to do something. And yep. then here comes DX. DX and DX phenomenal. was hilarious. Great wrestling. Yeah, everybody was awesome on the mic. Absolutely. You know, you had the you had the uh, the uh, outlaws, new age outlaws, new age outlaws. Yeah, let's get ready to and you know the rest. Oh of yeah, them. ladies so, and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, children of, of all, all ages. ages. Degeneration X proudly presents to you the, the tag, tag team champions, champions of the world, the Road Dog Billy Gunn. Yeah, I can't go no further. But it was, I mean, they were great. And and what was crazy about that faction, their enforcer was a woman. Yeah, China. And I'm was telling the you enforcer. this, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch her. I wouldn't touch her with a ten foot pole because she'd beat my tail. I mean, I mean she looked she was bad to the bone. She was so intimidating. Uh, remember Jeff Jarrett got mad. He left. He was going to WCW, but he had to lose the title. Uh, I believe he had the Intercontinental Championship at the time. He had to lose it to China yeah. to show her toughness. And so that faction was so great just for the aspect that you've got a woman enforcer. Yeah. And also, let's not forget that during the Monday Night War, they embraced that whole Monday Night War oh, thing. Yeah. They, they even the- got a, uh, a Jeep, an Army Jeep, yeah. like a Jeep Willie, and took it to the Norfolk uh, Arena right. in Norfolk, Virginia, Went up to the door and tried to basically have a war with the WCW, with WCW. wrestlers. I mean, they went to the headquarters TV, in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, it was great. They embraced it. And and where Bischoff messed up, I mean, Vince basically in that, in that era, the Attitude Era is what they call 
He went to shock TV. Yes, he did. Like he wanted to shock you every week yep. with something insane and something crazy, and that was great. Those guys in the helmets had the gun. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, it it was. Um, and I've always wondered what would have happened if you remember the gates closing down and they driving the yep. jeep up to the gate. Why wouldn't Bischoff have just let them in? Imagine I mean, the ratings he would have got. All, that, all these w, uh, WWF guys are on WCW TV. Yeah, but what we got to remember is this. Like, the war was between the fans. Yeah. The wrestlers never were getting paid. They didn't right, care. They, yeah. they didn't care, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it got to the point the wars got so bad that, uh, that I remember WWE had taped a show and WCW actually, as they started their live show, they said, here's who won, here's who won. You yep. don't have to tune in. Yeah, you don't have to tune in anymore. Yep. Yokozuna beat blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, but what actually turned the war was they actually did that. Tony Schiavone said, look, don't watch WWE tonight because Cactus Jack is going to win the title. The title, right. Thinking, okay, those fans aren't going to watch that. No, no they, all, they, they all wanted it. to see that. The they lost match. the ratings that yeah. night because they told what was going to happen, it, it, and people was, went over to watch it. And what, what's crazy is Shivani now is like this huge critique. Dude, you killed your own company. Yep. You by did. doing by you know stupid Absolutely. things, by, by prolonging the NWO and doing this stuff. And so we got those factions there. To me, one of the other great factions that we got to go back in time. There was two groups, Texas Wrestling. Okay, you, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to carry the you're gonna have to carry the weight on this one because I I'm I'm out of my element. The Von Erics. Okay, yeah, the Von Erics versus the fabulous Freebirds. Freebirds. Gotcha. And man, those were some great matches. Those were those were pre-horsemen. Yeah. But nobody really thought about factions back then. I mean, you had two. You know, the Freebirds tried to say they were family, but they weren't. Uh, but you had all the Von Erichs. You had Mike, you had Carrie, you had Rob, and you had Fritz Von Erich, who was the dad, and they were always going against the Freebirds. You know, Michael P.S. Hayes, uh, Terry Terry Gordy, Terry Bam Bam Gordy, and all these guys. And so those were some matches back in the day. They actually, in Texas wrestling, had a, uh, I don't know what you want to use for a term, but it was a three-man tag team championship. Yes. You didn't have the belt, you had a huge trophy. Yeah. And so that kind of I think set the page or set the pace for what the horsemen did by watching what they're and so everything we know about wrestling is this. Steal a little bit from here, put it there. Mm-hmm. Steal a little bit from there, put it here. And and every now and then you hit a home run. Yeah. Like right, we, we you know, the horsemen hit a home run, NWO hit a home run, DX home hit a home run. Evolution, Evolution had a, uh, a stand-up double. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Evolution was good. Now, I do remember I have watched a couple of documentaries about the Von Erics, and yeah. uh, th- some they would show some video clips of it. And like I said, I you know I wasn't really – I don't think I was even – I might have been a little little tyke yeah, back then are, when they were, were going on. But I remember seeing videos, and there were people basically hanging from the rafters in Texas oh, yeah. and all those stadia or uh, coliseums. Well, you go they back. They had them packed in. And, and we've mentioned the horsemen a lot, but you go back to the horsemen. They were in a steel cage match, and they got Dusty in the steel cage. I remember this. Locked yeah. the gate and beat Dusty to death, you know, tried to break his arm and all that. 
and they literally had to stay inside the steel cage to protect themselves from the fans. To protect themselves yep. because the fans were going to go after these oh, guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's back in the day when I mean they made this stuff legit. And so for me, when we look at AEW and we look at New Japan and we look at uh, WWE and Ring of Honor, that's the one thing I do love about AEW and I do love about the, the war that they have with their factions is you think it's personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you go back to some of the interviews that, that MJF has and Eddie Kingston has and Chris Jericho has and Moxley and these guys, and I'm going to tell you, they got to be some of the nicest people backstage mm-hmm. because the stuff you say on that microphone in front of thousands get you of people, I'm, I'm jacking somebody yeah. up. Yeah, and it, like you said, the, it, there's a realness feeling there. Right. Uh, and it's like the 80s, back it's, in the it's 80s. It's a blurred line. Do you remember when the uh, horseman, uh, do you remember the video of the horseman with the with the personal camera in the back of the Lincoln Town Car and they're oh, following they, Dusty? They, yeah, they chased Dusty yeah, down chased to the him, parking lot to Rocket Studios yeah, broke and his arm. broke his arm, yeah. yeah that felt real. On. They actually had the cops called on them for that. Yeah, I mean, and there's a, they had a blurred line between reality and fantasy. Yep. And they knew how to walk that line, which yeah. was great. Very fine line. <laughs> you were like, oh "My God, is this real?" Yeah. I yeah. mean, is, is I'll tell you how on? real. I'll tell you how real it was. Do you remember um, Greensboro Coliseum? Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, special guest referee was, uh, oh gosh, um, Sugar Ray Leonard, I think. Okay. Uh, 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 it was a boxer. Maybe it was Smoking Joe Frazier. Okay. Was, so anyway, somehow the Horseman screwed Dusty. You know, right. in of true Horseman fashion. Right. Ric Flair wins. My sister is there. My sister, Pam Anders, she's there. Okay. She throws a drink, a Coke drink, at Ric Flair. I love it. That's how That's how real it was. I love it. Yeah. I had a buddy. Uh, he's He's been to church here the last couple of weeks. Named Scott Simmons. And he went to Greensboro. And I can't remember if I've shared this before. But Wahoo McDaniel came down and interfered in a match. Had his leather Oh, strap. this is the guy that I met, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Scott. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we always call Scott Big Chief Wahoo. And the reason being was Wahoo goes down and interferes this match. He's got a leather strap on his shoulder. People are upset. They're booing. They're throwing stuff. Wahoo's leaving. Scott and his another buddy is up there. Well, a guy behind them who had been drinking excessively mm-hmm. decides to reach over and sucker punch Wahoo. Bad idea. Well, not for him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Not not for not for the drunk. <laughs> Wahoo turns and looks at Scott, thinking, Scott just hit me. Yeah. And they said Scott said the guy took the leather strap off his shoulder and beat me mm-hmm. to the floor. Scott was sixteen <laughs> years old. He gets rushed up to like wherever they take him backstage and there are lawyers present. Please don't sue us. Yeah. Please. And Scott's like, bro, I didn't even hit him. Yeah. It's just, you know some other guy, and so the, I it's mean, this drunk guy here, I can yeah, point him out if you want to go hit him. <laughs> I mean, but there's this blurred line, and it's I mean it's so I mean when you look at Flair, right? Flair, like I said, he's 73 years old. He's gonna die here in a couple weeks because I mean, <laughs> I mean you just you just can't wrestle at 73, but. The reality in the fantasy world is so blurred that Flair couldn't control his own life. Mm-hmm. He wanted to live that fantasy lifestyle, that it, wrestler lifestyle, so much that, I mean, the man has been divorced 
Yeah. You know. Uh, he's 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 definitely led the uh, limousine riding, jet flying, right. kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a I gun mean, lifestyle. And there, then, to there, the point that it's almost killed him. Right. And there was a point about 10 years ago where he couldn't enter the state of North Carolina because his alimony payments, and they had a warrant out for his arrest, and so he couldn't show back up into Charlotte for fear of getting arrested because his lifestyle. <laughs> he's, he's got to be via satellite when yeah, they go to Charlotte. It was crazy. <laughs> and, you know, basically Vince paid the alimony payments, you know, for it to get dropped. So is, that, is that part of the hush money? Yeah. Is that, <laughs> that's look, another story we don't have enough time look, today. <laughs> and so, and there it is. And so, I mean, this guy just, I mean, he just walked this line. It was so crazy. And it's just ridiculous. All well, right. speaking of speaking of Ric Flair, speaking of the Four Horsemen. All right, let's hear it. Um, where, what are your thoughts on the Dangerous Alliance as being one of the best? Uh, e- ECW. Well, there were so many versions of it. So right. you got the AWA version, yeah. which, you know, Paul Heyman started. Right. But the version I'm talking about is the WCW version. All right, who all was in Okay, this? so I've got, um, you had Rick Rude. Yep. Of course, of course, you got Paul Heyman as the right. as your as, as your, your mouthpiece. mouthpiece, which you didn't need, right? Because you've got Arn, you've got Larry Sabisco, you got Medusa, you got Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was Steve Williams yep. back then. You got beautiful Bobby Eaton. Oh, great! I mean, th- that's some that's yeah, studs. That's, that, oh, those are studs. Yeah, and and they don't get enough credit, right? Yeah, and, and basically, you know, it's just because of where they were at the time. Yeah, right. And so you look at that because, I mean. When you think of Arn, you don't, you never think of the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, you think four horsemen. Right. Yeah. Larry Zabisco, you never think of someone. You think of. Uh, I think the, of AWA. Right. The living yeah. legend Larry Zabisco. Yep. Uh, when you think of stunning Steve Williams. I think of the Hollywood Blondes. Right. Yeah. Or, when I think of the WCW version of him, I think of Hollywood and Brian Blondes. Brian Pillman with were Brian great. Pillman. Yeah. But of course, we knew he took off as. Stone Cold Steve Stone Austin. Stone Cold. Uh, who else you say was in that? Bobby Eaton. Uh, Bobby Eaton. Beautiful Bobby Eaton. Midnight that, Express. That's the Midnight Express. Yeah, yeah. And so when you look at that faction, all their members are known for, for other things. For, yeah. And being great at the other things, right? The Midnight Express, to me, is one of the most underrated tag teams. Yeah. I mean, those guys. Without them, Rock and Roll Express is exactly. nobody. That, the skyscraper yeah. matches yeah. that those guys had. Jim Cornette blew out both knees. Both knees. How awesome was that, though? I mean, I don't like the guy. Oh, I can't stand yeah. him. But he had another great line, too. Yeah. I remember he was in WCW or NWA back in the day, and uh, Jim Crockett or somebody's like, We're going to find you $10,000 for you using the tennis racket in the match. He said, $10,000. That ain't nothing but a phone call to mama. <laughs> <laughs> That's so makes him so hateable. He was so hateable. He was so great at just that. And so when I when I think of that faction, you know, it's kind of like we were watching uh, the the uh, what was Flair and AJ Styles. Uh, uh, Fortune. 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 That was right? my that was the last Fortune. one I had marked same, down here. Same right right there, right? Uh, Flair, of course, we think Horseman. AJ Styles, I never consider him in a faction other than the bullet club, bullet club because he was the leader at one time but he's just did so great singles uh rick rude and james storms were the beer brothers bobby rude yeah uh, bobby, bobby rude, rude, i'm yeah. sorry but they were phenomenal but when i think of of rude i think of him and dolph ziggler all the time yep. you know and i think him as the glorious one in nxt glorious it was his <laughs> entrance was phenomenal yes it was Do you know whose intro that was originally supposed to be i have no idea who uh nakamura Really? They wanted that to be his, but 
Bobby Roode loved it so much, he kind of. To me, that's the only thing that's great about Nakamura is his interest. Oh, his interest I love is it. phenomenal. Pat McCaffrey, uh, McCa- McCa- on the table. Yeah, he dancing. loves it. He loves it. So yeah. And those are your factions. You got any more? We got about well, four minutes. Hey, so so if we're going to talk about fortune, we've got to talk about the woo offs. Rick oh, Flair great. was a comedic genius. Not only was he a great wrestler, a great talker, but the dude had amazing timing. And, and oh, then absolutely. when you put him and Jay Lethal, who can freaking do a phenomenal Ric Flair? Woo. You put them together. I want I want I want to encourage all of our listeners. We will put the link on. Yes, we will. Right but I want you to click it. Watch it, sit back, and re- enjoy. It's it was six, amazing. It's six minutes of pure laughter. If you are a wrestling fan and is, you know who Ric Flair is, is and genius. you know the story, it's amazing. Oh, it's genius. Yes, it is. All I right. loved it. Any other factions before we go? You know, I don't really have any other factions. You covered Bullet Bullet Club. Um, let's see. Uh, Nation of Domination. You Nation had the, of Domination you had the Rock. Great. You had great. the Rock come out of that. You had the Rock. You had Farouk. You had... Yep. Uh, um, Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson. You had Mark. Oh shoot! Didn't you have the uh, Godfather? Mark Godfather Henry. Was in Mark, there. Henry. Mark Henry. Yep. So you had numerous world champions yep. in there. Ron Simmons, who was the first uh, African American world champion, and you had The Rock was a world champion. Mark Henry was a world champion. Yeah. And you had you you, you had Farouk. You had D'Lo Brown. D'Lo. Uh. Yeah. Who 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 ended Draz's career? Yeah, he did. He did. And so yeah, it, another it, it, great faction. I mean, you can go and you can look. I mean, I mean, you could. Really, if you took your time, there's so many factions that we have. Oh, Heart Foundation. The Heart Foundation was one. I mean, you can look at when The Undertaker had the Acolytes, Mm -hmm. had Kane, so you had that one. Uh, When Vince McMahon was like the power guy and he had all these guys. And so uh, there's so many that you could list. What about the Spirit Squad? They were terrible. (laughs) They were absolutely garbage. They were like six jobbers. <laughs> the only thing that come out of that was Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler. He, yeah. he was in it. Yeah. And so, but I, I told you I've got a secret faction that I am going to talk about I'm in the ready. last four minutes. Let's hear it. It is the four women who were suing Vince McMahon. Oh, yes. <laughs> $12 million. <laughs> These are powerful fund. ladies right here. <laughs> Let me tell you, four women are walking away with $12 million from WWE for sexual assault where Vince McMahon has paid hush money to. And that right there, my friend, is the most powerful faction in the world. Oh, yeah. So you want to take a guess at who it is? Because I've got two of them down. I know it's got to be two. I'm going to go one of them is Trish Stratus. I don't think so. I think another one is Stacey Keebler. I don't think so. I think one of them is... uh, Maria, oh, what's her last name? Oh, you're you're. I know who you're talking about the uh the uh, redhead. Yeah, yeah. And, and that that would be mine. Who do you? Okay, got? so I got Christy Hemme. I can see that. I got uh, Candice Michelle. Okay, because they both left right in that same era that they're talking about. Right, and they both never been back. Yeah. Whereas Trish Stratus has been back. Yeah. And I also think it could be Tori Wilson. I can see that. Yeah. And, and I mean, and here's the thing, like you know, men in power or sometimes just dogs just dogs when you got money you can hide a lot of issues around you and to me and i'm not a wwe basher i mean i don't think the product is good as aew no it's not but this is this needs to happen Mm -hmm. right if you if you're taking advantage of women and you you can afford to to cover this up with hush money you deserve to be brought to light 
And so I am I am glad that these women have brought this to the light. I'm glad that Vince McMahon is going to pay. And what I think, I think this has been a long time coming. I think he knew this was coming. I think this is why Nick Khan is there to make budget cuts. And I do think that this is why we've heard these rumors for the last year that this company is going to get sold. And I think this is why. I think Vince knew this was coming down the line, and this oh, wow. is his precaution that he's got, he's now eventually going to have to sell the company. I yeah. would think, right? Yeah, because oh, you know, and so I. I mean, think, unless unless he just gives it over to right. Stephanie, and, and which I don't think they would want to do it. I mean, to me, if you're going to give me a couple billion dollars mm -hmm. for this company, have at it. Yeah. And so I think this is just me. I got no inside information. I got no, you know, no, you know. I'm going off what I see and what I've seen, but we've heard these speculations for so long that they're going to sell this company, that they're looking at selling it to NBC, the Peacock app, and all that. And I think that this was all been in the works because Vince knew. I mean, you've got to know this is coming out oh, to yeah, light someday. Yeah. And so here, especially it is. with the Me Too movement coming right. along and everything. And so yeah. here is his way out, mm -hmm. and I think that's why Nick Khan is there, and yeah. he's going to clean this up. I, I I I believe you're right. Yeah, I do. And so that's where we are. Hey guys, uh, we hope you like this episode as we have talked wrestling. I know some of you guys are wrestling fans. Some of you are not. If you are not, you should be. But hey, guys, have uh oh no, go no, no go ahead go ahead go ahead. So, well, I, I I will just say I just wanted to say before we left. I just wanted to say that I want to tell uh my man Chris Sova goodbye. It's Sova. been it's been real. It's been fun, Sova. Uh, enjoy your time in uh Asheville and come see us sometime, yes, sir. brother. My man Sova, have a good one. And as always, are you ready?